0: Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered
3: by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, and Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now.
4: (laughs) Ah, shit. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 156. We didn't get to hear an intro because Tyler pressed the wrong one again. I like it, though.
0: All this vacation time getting to me.
4: Yeah, you've been stacking them up, pal. Good for you. Good for you. Well, might as well get him in while you can. The season is upon us. When does training camp start? Three weeks? Something like that. Cool. We're getting ready to go. Episode 156 of Oilers Nation Radio. I'm Bagged Milk. I'm here with Tyler Remchuk, Rick and Zach Lang sitting in. We're gonna get started here. Lots to talk about. But first we want to give a shout out to our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant out in Sherwood Park, Alberta. Check them out on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. And I got to give a shout out to Yasher ninety seven on Instagram. He slid into Sherwood Ford's DMs, saying that they need to hook their boy Bag Milk up with a Ford Aerostar. He's doing good work out in the streets. I agree with him. If they're not going to get us Broncos or a Ford Escort GTS, then a van for the boys—that is the play. Could you imagine all five of us, all four of us, cruising in a van? I like it.
0: That'd be sick. We could record the podcast on the road.
4: We could that'd absolutely record the podcast on the road. Tyler, as you know, I'm trying to push to get more, uh, roadcasters. Yes. So that'd be perfect. That would be perfect. Again, follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram, at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant, check them out. Parts, service, new vehicle, whatever you need. They're there for you. Tyler, this week's giant question, if you please. <laughs>
0: This week's Sherwood Ford giant question is centered around the fact that NHLers are going back to the Olympics. And for the first time we are likely going to see Connor McDavid at the Olympics representing team Canada. So the question is who are the ideal line mates for 97 at the Beijing games?
4: Yes. I'll start off. I'll just start off. This is just like, this is just for my feelings. I hope we get some shifts of Crosby, McDavid and McKinnon. It might be on the power play. Maybe but I hope we get some of those. Just, I don't think it'll happen very often, but just a couple just to make us happy. Those would be my ideals. And I know that's not how it's going to stick again. Don't at me. I don't care. That's what I want. Zach, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah. I mean, that would be a ton of fun. Like I I think you got to put McKinnon up there with them on the wing. And I wouldn't mind even seeing a guy like Barzell or Braden point up there. And you go for the real speed killers on that line. Could you imagine having to try and chase those guys down? Like, imagine what those three guys are going to do to China on the ice. Like they will we'll be bet absolutely me over, baby. ridiculous. I don't even care what the, what the line is on McDavid points. I'm taking <laughs> the over. Like it could be 130 points in six <laughs> games and I'm still betting the over. So I think, I think uh, McKinnon and one of pointer Barzell for me is
5: my ideal top line.
4: Rick, what I- are you thinking? Ideal line mates for Connor?
5: Well, I'm going to go with uh, somebody out, out East. Uh, he's a left-handed shot. A lot of people don't really like him, but he's uh, he's part of one of the best lines in the league. And he's always up there when it comes to scoring. So Brad Marchand, I think, on his uh, left side. And uh, the, I, the thought of uh, putting the, uh, Nate on the right, I don't know how you can get away from that. Um, there's not a line on that team that's going to be fun to go against. And, I mean, you could honestly take any right winger and any left winger. And put them on his wings, and it would be probably one of the best lines in the tournament. But um, yeah, I think if you're just going for a normal game, game one, game two, you get you know it's going to be someone like Marchant, Connor, and then uh, and Nate on the right.
4: McDavid and McKinnon on the same line is going to be an absolute nightmare to control. Those two are lightning, and I would love to see it. Tyler, what's your wish list for Connor McDavid line?
0: You mentioned the McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby thing and said it's kind of you know a bit of a pipe dream. But my response is, why does it have to be a pipe dream? I mean,
5: who's your number Mc- two center then? Oh, just a quick, just quickly, off Ber- head.
0: Bergeron, Point, O'Reilly, Shifley, Couturier, Tavares, or Barzell. You got, so got seven. Options.
5: It's going
4: to so be a team options. of like twelve centermen, and it's just like oh. that's my dream almost for the. Anyway, go
0: ahead, Doug. And that's like not even including a guy like Steven Stamkos, right? Who could potentially factor into this team? <laughs> like they have so much center depth. That I'm sitting here going, if you load up one line and it's Crosby down the middle as the sort of defensive conscience, and we know how well he can work below the goal line, him mm-hmm. taking the puck and getting it from the goal line up and leaving room and space in the offensive zone for McDavid and McKinnon on either wing. Like, how do you stop that? So I just think, you know, it's it's a pipe dream to 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 think McDavid, McKinnon and Crosby could be loaded up on one line. But when you look at the depth that this team would have... Ha- I, I don't see how you don't at least give it a try at some point in the tournament, right? Like it'd just be so oh, sick. Yeah, have to. Um, like Crosby would be my number one choice to play on that line. Obviously he's a top three player in the NHL. Um, the other name I like is actually Mark stone. If if we're talking about maybe a more realistic fit that would require one of McKinnon or stone playing their off wing. But again, these guys are so good that really shouldn't be much of an issue. And stone could be that big body that goes to the front of the net and a bit of a defensive conscious as well. So I like the idea of stone.
4: I think that'd be a fun line too. Mark Stone is fun to watch. Um, One thing that I'm curious about as we're talking about the Olympics is, where's my tweet go? The groupings. So if you don't know, Canada's grouping for Beijing, uh, the men's side is Canada, USA, Germany, and China. So obviously Canada, USA is going to be interesting. Germany is getting much better. Leon will be there. Leon against Connor will be fun to watch. Um, But then China. No, it won't. It'll be fun to watch. I I think I like watching players go up against each other, especially when you know how tight those two dudes are. I think it'll be great to watch Connor versus Leon. I imagine Leon's going to fuck with Connor a little bit because that's kind of his personality. (laughs) So I just think it's going to be great. But if we're talking China, I I, I mentioned it off the jump. We are betting the over against China.
0: But like, what's the line even? It doesn't matter. Thirteen.
5: It doesn't matter. It's got to be around eight. It's probably going to be around like, you would think it's going to be double digits. So it would be like 10 and a half, maybe.
4: So if it's, let's just say 10 and a half, Tyler, what are you, are you betting the over on 10 and a half?
0: Like spread or t- I guess it doesn't matter spread or team total. Cause they're probably shutting them out. Like I, I think I would take the over. Cause again, like <laughs> McDavid, McKinnon, Crosby, even if they only get like 15 minutes, like <laughs> I, come on, man, they're scoring at least four, just them. And that's one line. I don't, it's just, that's crazy, man. Like, well, you
5: you know, know, come like the second period when it's eight, nothing already, they're going to be like, okay, nothing can go in the net without touching everyone's stick at least three times first.
0: But what could be interesting is if there's like a plus minus implication on the game, right? Like, let's say, I don't know obviously what the schedule is, but what if the Americans beat them 13, nothing and Canada and the USA are in like a tiebreaker (laughs) scenario where it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Like. Canada yeah, has right. to win by 14. Like, could they do it? Could they run up the score to 14 or something insane? I don't know. But also, like, yeah. I, 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 China's, like, ranked 32nd in the world. But, like, I'm sure they'll they'll <laughs> find a way to get some players on their roster that'll keep it somewhat competitive.
3: Oh, so here's a question I'll post to you guys. Canada's biggest win internationally came in 1949 when the Canadians in Stockholm beat Denmark 47-0. nothing. Canada- <laughs> oh,
4: that is a rough one.
3: <laughs> does does Canada do it? Does Canada uh, beat China forty eight nothing? No way. But that's almost a goal imagine. in minute,
5: man.
4: Yeah, There's I can't no way. imagine. Like, could you they, imagine just like run the clock at that point or
5: just call it? Just they like, could do it. it. They could do it, but they wouldn't do it.
0: It'd be interesting to see, like, if if it was like go hard, like no letting up, boys. Like, what would it get to? But no, I'm sure once you get to like ten or eleven,
4: like, could you imagine being? You said Denmark, Zach? Yeah. That's correct. Can you imagine being on team Denmark and just like every 65 seconds, one's going in the back <laughs> of the net. Yeah. Oh my God. What a nightmare. And how long was that game, by the way? Um, Playtime on this it. thing was I, 12 I can't hours. figure it out,
3: but they scored 13 goals in the first period, 16 in the second and 18 goals in the third period. Oh my God. So that's, uh, I kinda wanna see it happen, honestly. Like I, I'm an agent of chaos. Like I love chaos in sports. And that just seems to be the most chaotic thing that I can possibly think of. So there's nothing more that I want than for Canada to win 48 nothing.
4: There's nothing more that I want, Zach, than our friends at DoorDash Ding Dong. Bring me something to the list to eat because it's Friday. I can't cook worth a shit. And I'm hungry. You know, I've got new rap albums to listen to. Donda, certified lover boy. That's my plans. Now I need food. DoorDash, make it happen. Promo code ONRADIODD will get you twenty five percent and free delivery on your first order. Check them out, DoorDash. If you also, well, before we move on from the Olympics, if you've got ideal line mates for Connor McDavid, uh, I know Tyler just tweeted out the giant question. Hit us up ON Radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let's see if there are any answers in there. Uh, spiced oil says a 24 year old Gretzky and a 22 year old Crosby. All right. Uh, Josh says Josh underscore grant 27 says McKinnon and Marner. There's a lot of passers on that line. A lot of, yeah, passers like, on I, that line.
3: like as talented of a shooter as McDavid and McKinnon are like, they are past first guys at the end of the day. So that's why, like, Tyler, you mentioned Stone, and I really thought long and hard about that. And I actually see that being a really good fit because Stone's more of that shoot-first guy. He's got a great one-timer. Like, I I mean, but again, you can't go wrong with just how deep this team is.
0: And and I mentioned playing on the off-wing. Like, if you have Stone being set up for one-timers because he's on the left side of that line, like that's so deadly. And he's a guy who always, you know, comes skates hard back and all that good stuff. Like he's not going to cheat for offense necessarily. And even if he's the high guy floating in while McDavid and McKinnon are just boom, flying out there, like, come on. Like,
4: you got to get the boots going. If you're going to be on that line, that's for sure. You can't
0: it's just
5: the be big ice them. too. It's the big no, ice. Like, they're playing on like little like- ice. Or are they,
4: are they?
0: So John, uh, I was thinking
4: about that. So sorry, Todd. I was thinking about that because if it was the big ice, I was just like McDavid and McKinnon on a line would just be absolute devastation.
5: We've never seen Connor get to full speed.
0: Yeah, sorry, um, Tyler, I cut you off. So John Hoven, he's an LA Kings reporter. He was one of the first ones to tweet out the memo that was sent to NHL players, and it has like all the little nuances of the agreement. And under the line on the ice, it says all games will be played on regulation NHL sized rinks. And officiated by NHL referees and linesmen. Interesting. Um,
4: I always like kind of when they go international and you get some refs from, or, yeah. like you know, what I mean, it just gets a little weird and you don't know what's coming.
0: Um, I like
3: seeing them on the big ice
4: every now and then too. Like too. It's just, it's fascinating
3: to see you know the the players that are so used to playing on the smaller surfaces having all that extra
5: space out there. And the goalies haven't connor on enjoy. the big ice, have we? No, I'm not sure. Connor on big ice. I don't think it's ever happened.
0: No, I don't. I mean, think he's so. done it at the worlds. Oh, maybe. Yeah, because he's been to uh, the worlds Mc, before.
4: McDrybush chiming in says Mac and Barzell would be the his two preferred linemates. Again, a lot of speed here with Canada. Everybody said it. It's a dream team essentially. Yeah, they could probably. I wish Canada could put in two teams. That would be interesting to see how they would split them, but obviously that's not going to happen.
0: Um, I'm just. A just going off this release as well, might as well pass along some of the more boring details of this. Sure. And again, this was uh, John Hoven LA Kings reporter who passed along and got his hands on this memo that was sent to all the players. Um, so players have the right to opt out and all that good stuff. And in there I know one of the big debates was insurance, right? Like who's going to insure the players. And uh, it says all participating players will have their contracts insured in the event of injury, um, consistent with what has been in place for prior Olympics, meaning the double IHF and or the federations will cover the cost. But there is no insurance for covid related illness. Instead, the double has agreed to create a five million dollar fund to help cover lost salaries due to covid. Um, went on to say that there'll be protocols. And then there's this one, which I think you'll get a chuckle out of. Uh, We expect that the players will be subject to WADA testing beginning on October 15th, 2021, which may include testing for an expanded list of prohibited substances such as, and this is the only one they list, THC.
4: Oh, no blazing, (laughs) blazing
0: boys.
4: (laughs) No blazing, boys.
0: Oh my God. kids better lay off that marijuana.
4: Yeah, the devil's lettuce ain't going to the Olympics. Well, I think one thing that's going
3: to be interesting to see too is—is is there's, of course, the clause in there for the NHL to withdraw participation if uh, the COVID conditions over in China mm-hmm. get really bad, and I think that's going to be something that's really interesting to see uh, play out as well. So obviously, we got to hope that you know the the, the numbers keep going down worldwide here, and, and especially overseas before we really see anything happen. I mean, I think I'm I'm still a little apprehensive, like just to not trying to not get super excited because of that. Um, you know, being a a contingency that, you know, the NHL is going to take incredibly seriously. Yeah.
0: Um,
4: the last line of, when is, when is the Olympics? Is it February, February February 4th to 20th. So we've got some time where, you know, cruising through wave four through 25 between now and February. So we'll see what happens. I Zach, I'm with you, buddy. I hope it's not a problem. You know, we just enjoyed the Olympics in Japan worked out. Here's hoping that the Beijing Olympics also work out.
0: Tyler? Uh, The last line, jerseys. Players have the right to keep the last jersey they wear during a competition. I thought that was just kind of like a fun little thing they clearly negotiated in there and something the players clearly wanted if it was included in the memo.
4: That's a nice little touch. It's like, you know what? I wore this at the Olympics. I get that.
0: I like that. Are
5: Are they doing this so you can do the old football jersey swap?
3: I was just going to ask about that. Can you imagine seeing Connor and Leon like, at center ice hugging and swapping, swapping jerseys?
4: Yeah, that'd be nice. They should just take their shirts off in general. S Fiddler 007 <laughs> says McKinnon and Shifley. They belong Shifley, eh? with Connor. Well, especially old goon Shifley. Last we saw him, he was throwing the body around. So, you know, maybe they need a little grit on that one. <laughs> uh again if you have ideal line mates for Connor mcdavid hit us up owen radio podcast on twitter and instagram if you're not following us there what is wrong with you i'm going to send tyler to your house and he's going to give you a very aggressive finger wag ah right
0: Mm -hmm.
4: all right olympics you just before we move on from the olympics one thing so Beijing, I don't know what the time difference is. Does anybody know? But chances are we're going to get some early morning games. That means some early morning beers. And I am excited about it. One of my favorite things about international tournaments like this is waking up at just absurd hours and getting bombed and trying to navigate your life through that. I mean, we're all kind of lucky in the sense that this is our thing, but like, you know, I'm looking forward to it.
0: They're uh, they're 14 hours ahead because right now it says it's 3:29 a.m. there and it's 1:29 here. So I mean that actually might not be the worst thing in the world because if they get if the Canada games start at 8 p.m. in Beijing or even 7 p.m. that's 9 or 10 a.m. here. So we might be okay. The Eastern Time Zone would love it even more then.
5: That's boring. I'll tell you this right now. Sochi, that gold medal game was at like six in the morning, something like that. I went to work about that was Sunday morning. I went to work at midnight Saturday night. (laughs) Closed at you know, 2 o'clock, kick everybody out by 3. Quickly try and uh, clean the place up real fast, give everybody a bite to eat. We opened the doors at 4 o'clock again. Filled within, like, seconds. Um, couldn't start of booze till 5. The, oh, the lineup was lineup crazy. Was crazy. Uh, people left and just went got got back in line. Like, they were out the door at 3 <laughs> and just went to the front of the line. The puck drop was, I don't know, like 6 or something like that. Game's over by 9-ish. Man, we partied till, I was there till 6 p.m. I made, I don't know who, Bag of Milk, were you there for that?
4: How Uh, long did you stay? I I left very early.
5: (laughs) Okay, so I remember I made made Jay and I made uh, Wanye. They both had to stay, and I think I had them both there till at least 5 o'clock in the afternoon.
4: Yeah, no, I did the old smoke bomb exit. Nobody knew I left, and that's how you go. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Uh, A couple of morning beers with breakfast, that's delicious. That just reminds me of a nation vacation. That's all that is.
0: Remember the nation season opening party when they opened in Europe. And it was like, again, I think we were having beer. Moses yep. were on special at the pint. Yep. Oh yeah. Luck. That was a day.
4: I'll tell you one thing. I was 2am drunk by about 11am. And that it was, that was, a, <laughs> that was a big day. Yeah. That was a big day. All right. Again, if you want to hit us up, I'll keep checking in on the giant questions, see if anybody else got some line combos coming in for the Olympics. Keep hitting us up. I'll keep reading them as we go along here. But let's talk a little Oilers. I know Tyler doesn't want to talk about this, but we're going to just for a minute. I promise, Tyler. That's fine. We're still waiting on Kayla Yamamoto. First, before we get into the offer sheet aspect of this, because I guess offer sheets are a thing this year. Um, anybody worried about Yamamoto? Rick, you got I'll start with you. You got a Yamamoto jersey.
5: I do. Um, no, I'm not worried about it yet. I know some of these things just take time, and they're it's kind of stupid. And I'm sure he's doing his thing, and and we're doing ours. Um, I don't know at what point I would start getting worried. I guess it once yeah, if camp starts and it's still not done, um, I'll probably get a little bit annoyed and worried at that point. But as of right now, at least some of these things just they take a while for whatever stupid ass reasons we're not involved in it. So I'm not going to say like I that I know, but no, I'm not overly worried about it yet.
4: Tyler, I'm going to pull you away from your phone. Are you concerned at all about Kyler Yamamoto?
0: Um, oh boy, that's such a tough question. I'm not because I don't think another offer sheet's coming this year in the NHL. Um, and at the end of the day, the player has to agree to the offer sheet as well, right? And if, if I'm Kyler Yamamoto, I think I would recognize how good of a situation I'm in here in Edmonton. Um, and in the sense that, you know, you might not get the big ticket this time around, you're not getting the Joel Farabee contract or anything like that. Um, but if you take a one or a two year deal, you're probably riding shotgun with Leon on dry for the next two years. If you start to finish off chances, you have a couple of good years, you earn some power play time then you might be looking at a real nice ticket in two years. And I just think if I'm Yamamoto, yeah, like sure. The Buffalo Sabres could offer sheet you or someone like that, but for the longevity of your career, is that worth it? You know, like maybe you take the short term sacrifice, do it something like what a Kevin LeBanc did in San Jose, where you take the one year, one million dollar deal and then cash in on it the next offseason. I could see something like that happening. So I'm not really worried. I really do think the two sides have like a mutual sort of understanding and, and they want to be back together next year. And it's just a matter of, you know, ironing out a deal that works and that just might not come till a week before training camp.
4: I'm still maintaining two years. 1.85. I said it a couple of weeks ago, a little bridge deal. That's my expectation. No concern on my end. I'm going to finish off with Zach because you wrote about offer sheets and Taylor Yamamoto and WeathersNation.com A few days ago, people got real mad at Zach, but I'm going to finish off with you. Your thoughts on Yamamoto.
3: Oh yeah. People absolutely love my content. So it's tremendous. <laughs> um. But I mean, in all seriousness, we've seen four offer sheets in the last decade: Shea Weber, Ryan O'Reilly, Sebastian Aho, and now Yesberry, Kokane, and Emmy. Um, do we do we see a Yamamoto offer sheet? Probably not. The list of God, teams that, that can realistically—God, that makes me realistically... feel old
4: because that means Penner was more than a decade ago. Damn it! Anyway, sorry, Zach. I cut you off.
3: We're all bags of bones now. Um, Realistically, I think if any team wants to make a serious offer sheet to really entice Yamamoto, they probably have to offer over $4.1 million, uh, which would put them in the first and third round pick compensation. Here's the list of teams that can do that right now. Arizona, Buffalo, Detroit, Minnesota, Nashville, New Jersey, Ottawa, and Seattle. None of those to me are as enticing as playing for the Edmonton Oilers right now. So I don't necessarily think it's realistic. However, I will say this much. After seeing the, the Farabee contracts and now the, Jake, uh, the Drake Batherson contract today as well, uh, for players that are in similar uh, point production and games played ranges as Yamamoto, I think Yamamoto's camp is probably trying to push for that higher number. Um, but I do think they'll probably have to sell for something a little smaller, obviously because of the salary cap restrictions you others know, have right now.
0: Seattle scares me a little, actually, now that you bring it up.
3: They are the one team that Plus I really connection.
0: See. Yeah, Is
5: it the connection yeah. or the team?
3: I think, I think it could be a bit of both. I, I mean, it could be a little bit of both. The connection is obviously there. Right. Um, given that Yamamoto played his WHL days
5: there. Right. And, you what, know, now, it, it, what's the, what's the breakdown for um, compensation though? I've got so, you like, like right third.
4: here, buddy. So,
5: Thank you. So what, what, what do you think? What would you think it would take to sign Yamamoto to a offer sheet? Like what kind of dollar amount do you think they would have to offer?
3: I think so, they would have to offer that 4.1 million plus to really try
4: and entice them and pull them away. Now, what does that get us in That gets you a first and third round pick. What's interesting to me is I was just playing around with the offer sheet talk on Twitter the other day. And can you guys hear this fucking saw going off in the background? I can. Yeah. Good, good. I'm going to mute myself here in a <laughs> second. I'm going to run away and close this window, but it's 1.35 to 2.05 is a third round pick. No, thank you. to 4.1 is a second round pick. No, thank you. 4.1 to 6.16. That's a first and a third. If he's going to fall in there, I mean, that's also an expensive price tag to pay for a guy who you don't really know what he is yet, right?
5: Quickly looking at the standings there, where would you, I would assume that Seattle probably not going to be in the playoffs um uh, probably not in, not in the they're definitely not in the in the in the bottom tier of teams so would you would it not be safe to say that they'd be around 17 to 20 that that number one yeah or yeah, or or even or even higher like it's probably not going to be it's probably not going to be better than a uh yeah i don't know yeah where are you going to probably? i'm thinking it's a middle round pick
3: mid yeah, round I pick. think so I think that's probably pretty realistic. And I, and I mean, if I'm the Oilers, what, what do you do there? Right. You either have to try and move out some salary, um, try and get rid of a guy like Zach Cassie to be able to match the offer sheet. And you know that that's not going to be easy because every team around the league is going to look at the Oilers and say, ha ha, well, you guys put yourself in this situation. So why would we want to help you out here? Right. Mm -hmm. It it would put the Oilers in a serious, serious bind. If they were, if a team like Seattle, for example, came and said to Yamamoto, Hey, we're going to back up the Brinks truck for you. You know?
4: I think the interesting part to me is I was getting to it is when I was talking about this on Twitter the other day, there's just like a handful. There's a vocal, very small handful of fans there. Just be like, he had a bad year. Like, I don't care if somebody op, uh, gives me yeah, an no. offer. she, you just take it. And that's why I put together the comps and it's like, really? Okay. So you would be okay. Losing Yamamoto for a third or second round pick. I wouldn't, he's
0: a, he's a, he's a legit top nine winger at the worst.
4: Yes. And like, okay. Even if it bumps up to the word Zach was talking, like the 4.1 plus and you get a first and a third, how does that help us in 2021? It does not. kaylor Yamamoto, I, however, tomorrow. does. And like, we've talked about him a bunch of times on this podcast. The dude had so many chances last year and he just couldn't cash. If he even clips in an extra handful of those, this, con- this isn't even a conversation. So I don't want to go on with it. It's ridiculous.
5: You know what? To to, to, be the, to play devil's advocate there, you could therefore then do something with your two first round picks. Then you package those two first round picks. And then sure what do you we get back in terms of a goaltender or something? You could, but then you running- Nonetheless, nonetheless, I'm not letting Yama yeah, 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 go.
4: Rick's absolutely right. You could do that and do take the picks and then flip. But again, then you'd run into the same thing that Zach was talking about where you have no salary tag or no cap space to actually do anything yeah. fun. So. Well, it's getting uh, the old belt is pretty tight around here in oil country. Not a lot of cap space. Waiting on Kaelor Yamamoto. Training camp starting in two, three weeks, something like that. We're
0: getting uh-huh. close. But then we have close. to grind through preseason hockey. Yeah. How many sucks. preseason
4: games do we got? Do you know? Like, is it is it like still an extended? Way too many.
0: Oh, 100%, like, what, like I feel
4: like we should have the preseason. We probably well, should. It starts with I, the twenty.
5: It starts on the twenty eighth. And then they're dropping the puck on the 13th. You're going to need three or four days before, um, probably between the, your last one and your, and your game one. You're probably looking at 10, two weeks worth of games. Eight. Seven. Eight, eight preseason games. Why do we need uh, eight fucking
0: preseason games?
4: That is an early cold performer of the week for me, <laughs> eight preseason <laughs> games. Oh my God.
0: And like the worst part is you play them all against your own division, right? So it's like they go Calgary, Seattle. Okay, Winnipeg's not in their division, but Calgary, Seattle, Winnipeg, Seattle, Winnipeg, Calgary, Vancouver, Vancouver, back-to-back preseason. Can we cancel them? Let's just take them out. Like We're supposed to play Vancouver first game of the regular season. Let's put that one on the seventh. Man, I hate preseason hockey so much.
4: I hate oh, Tell me how hockey. you really feel. I really do. And like, you know what it is, like even just things at the nation that we do for game day, like I'm looking forward to getting a couple of preseasons in just to you know get the old muscle memory going on a wrap up for like, as an example, but eight is too many. Eight is too many.
0: Like I, I love, I love regular season hockey too, but like, it also gets to the point where on April 28th is when the Oilers regular season is supposed to end. And like if we just would have bumped things up a little, like let's do five preseason games. Let's start the season on like October one, end the regular season a couple of weeks earlier. Get the play they get the Stanley Cup handed out before the middle of freaking June. The NHL needs to fix this whole like when their season starts and ends thing.
5: This is they did push it up. They did um push it further back by at least a week because of um when it's when it finished last year, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. And then so there to is a the little Olympic bit. There break. is
5: a little bit of yeah. There is a little bit of a of a COVID um, later start because of it, and yeah. then an extended um, All Star break because of the Olympics.
4: I just whatever. You know what? I'm going to be happy when hockey's back. I guarantee I will be complaining after preseason game three. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. You know what? Last year was great. There was no preseason. Just jump right into it. Let's go. Who's got time for this? All right. Tyler mentioned a couple of other teams in the Pacific division. So let's move on to the Pacific division. Let's talk about it. So right now, I think if you, a lot of people probably have Vegas and Edmonton as the top two teams, anybody disagree with those?
0: No, no.
4: Let's look at the rest of the division. Let's look at the other teams that are stacking up and just kind of what to expect from the rest of the Pacific to me. The wild card in this is, I don't know, what is Seattle going to be? I have no idea what Seattle's going to be, and that makes it interesting. Um, I don't think they're going to go cup run like Vegas, but I also didn't think Vegas was going to go cup run like Vegas. So let's talk about the third spot. If we're going to just agree with the general consensus that we're doing Vegas, Edmonton, the third spot is kind of open, really. Tyler, you got your hand up.
0: Well, I, I just quickly, before we move on to that, am I the only one who, like, isn't that impressed with the Vegas Golden Knights on paper right now? Like, I don't think they had a very good off season. You lose the Vesna winner and Mark Andre Fleury, and replace him with Laurent Bressois who you gave like two point three million dollars to. That one I don't love. I I'm not sure if I trust Robin Leonard to play an entire eighty two game season as my number one, and I think they'll have to lean on Bressois maybe a bit more than people think this season. That's not a recipe for success. And down the middle, like. I I still don't love their depth down the middle. Nolan Patrick is a huge gamble. William Carlson has been a little inconsistent since his 40 goal season. And Chandler Stevenson is penciled in as their number one center. And he's, if you're ranking number one centers in this division, Chandler Stevenson ain't in the top two, three, four, even Um, on the wings. They're good. They picked up to and all that. But I look at Vegas and I wonder if, if maybe it's going to be a little bit tighter at the top of the division than some people think.
4: Do you think that they are not going to finish first?
0: I think it's more of a possibility than some people are, are maybe talking about. Like, I think a lot of people just look and go Vegas one Edmonton two, the rest will fill out after that. And I'm just saying, I, I don't know if I love the Vegas golden Knights this year. I, a lot of their key players are, are getting to 30 years old or are over 30 years old as well, especially on their blue line. Like Martinez is going to be 35 right away. Petrangelo is already 31. Um, you know, Shea Theodore is just a beast and and he's going to be their best D man. But Again, they got some good veterans. I get it, but I don't think they're going to be as dominant as everyone thinks they are. I let's
3: like you,
4: for, Tyler. Let's I like not Tyler forget,
3: really. I, I like Tyler too. I always like Tyler. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget. Before the pandemic shutdown, the Edmonton Oilers were three standing points back from Vegas in the Western Conference, and the goal differential was pretty much equal between the Edmonton Oilers and the Vegas Golden Knights. This is a an Oilers club that is a lot closer to that Vegas team than I think people give consideration for I really don't think the Oilers took all that much of a step back this offseason at the end of the day I think it was a little bit more of a lateral move than anything when you look at who they brought in versus who they lost Um, and actually even in the same breath the Oilers offensive forwards as we've all talked about some of the deepest that it's been since like the Mark Messier days of the 1990s I think this is going to be a good Edmonton Oilers team this year Obviously, major questions in net with Koskinen and Smith, but I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities at all for the Oilers to finish atop the, the Pacific Division,
4: and I'm going to uh, put some money down on that. I like you too, Zach. I like a little positivity Aww. coming out today. This is good. Hey. All right. So if we've got whatever order you want, Vegas, Edmonton, Edmonton, Vegas, whatever, doesn't matter. Let's talk about that third spot, because to me, that's the one that's kind of the most interesting. So we've got Calgary, LA, Vancouver... San Jose, Anaheim and now Seattle. Just around the horn real quick. Who's your pick for that third slot? I'm going to start with you, Rick.
5: Um I'm trying to go I don't think Calgary did very much. I think I would have to give it to I think I'm going to give it to Vancouver. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Vancouver on this one. I don't know; it they, they just seem to <clears throat> stand out a little bit more um, in terms of having a, a higher ceiling than a couple a realistic ceiling than a couple of the other teams right now. Uh, LA was right up there for me. Yeah, it's kind of between those two for me. I honestly I don't think Seattle's got enough offense on them to to do a lot, and there, if if you can't score goals, you're in trouble. So uh, yeah, I guess we'll just take a swing here and put Vancouver on this one.
4: Nation news director, Zachary Lang, who finishes third in the Pacific.
3: Oh man. I honestly, I have no idea. Like it's so hard. The rest of the Pacific division is like so much of a tire fire. You have teams like, you know, Anaheim in LA and San Jose who have all trended backwards in the last number of years. You know, I'd almost say maybe San Jose takes a, a step up and, and finds a way to squeak in there. And I only say that maybe because of the, the good veteran presence that they have on that team. Like it, there's a good group of guys there that might be able to will that roster into that third spot. Um, Vancouver, I don't hate that either. They have a lot of, they have a lot of upside. They're still a young team though. Um, and you know, they're going to be looking to make some noise after what was a really difficult season for them last year as an organization, but it's really going to be hard to say. I mean, I I think I'll, I'll, I'll throw my hand in for, uh, the sharks or throw my hat in rather for the sharks.
4: uh, Before I get to Tyler, I'll just say, you know what, I think it's going to be Calgary. And the reason I say that is I think Markstrom's going to have a better year this year and he's going to be able to save them uh, more often than he did last year. So I'm just going to say Calgary slides in there as the third spot. But again, I'm with Zach. It could, there's, there's a bunch of different teams that could kind of grab that third one. Tyler, what are you thinking?
0: I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to disagree with Zach on the San Jose Sharks. I think this is a Vander Kane drama and between the pipes, they're only kind of average. And I think the Kane drama has them all sorts of fucked up there. Um, my answer, I'm going to go different. Uh, I'm going to go with the LA Kings. I love what they did this offseason. Philippe Deneau, legit top six centerman. Victor Arvidsson, legit top six winger. They're going to bring in a guy like Quinton Byfield. They have young players like Gabe Viardi, Jared Anderson Dolan. Um, they're going to potentially take steps forward on the blue line. They got a good veteran in Alex Edler. I like Sean Walker, Drew Doughty still kicking around and is still a, you know, a good defenseman. Um, And then between the pipes, Cal Peterson, a young up and coming guy with a veteran like Jonathan Quick to back him up. There's just kind of a lot to like about what's going on with the LA Kings right now. Um, So they would be my answer, but I will admit it's probably going to be a bit of a mushy middle where I think between them and Seattle and Vancouver and Calgary, I think they're all just going to be really, really close and that might drop the number of points needed for that third spot in the playoffs. And hopefully we get like a really, really good race right down to the end of the regular season.
4: It's also going to be interesting. Like, I think that we may just as hockey fans in general, underestimate what it's going to be like having teams travel again. Yeah. That's going to add wrinkles in there as well, because last year it was kind of, unique well it was unique in that you pull into winnipeg you play three games there and then you move on to the next place where this year that's that's not the case anymore you're you're in la then you're going to anaheim then you're doing san jose or whatever order it happens to be you know right? so i think that's going to be a unique wrinkle as well
5: and i wonder I, if, if half half these guys are going to play in front of fans now too Yep. Yeah. right like everyone in the u.s weren't was last year unless you know and we never got to so all the all the all the canadian teams they're going to get that little bit of a boost
4: yeah except outside of montreal playing with that handful of fans as the playoffs went on yeah you're 100% right now there,
3: sure. there there could be a little wrinkle that i think a lot of people are overlooking here and i don't necessarily think the chances of this happening are very high but what happens just for the sake of a scenario over the next month here, if the COVID cases in Canada continue to rise and they continue to rise in the United States and the federal government say, Hey, wait, you know what? We don't want to open up our borders. Now we're going to restrict travel just like they did last year. And Hey, what if we see another Canadian division? What if we see another alignment like the way it was last year? You know, I don't think it's necessarily uh, got huge chances of it happening, but I think it's a scenario that we could still see uh, come to fruition here over the next month or two.
4: Lots of questions with COVID, as wrinkles that, again, here we are, September 3rd, still talking about it. <laughs> Can't imagine we won't be talking about it for a while, but you know what's exciting, Tyler? What? We get to welcome a new friend to the podcast today. Uh-huh. Buster's Pizza. Hello. Okay. With 11 locations around the Edmonton area, Buster's Pizza has something for you. Who doesn't love pizza on a Friday night? Come on. Busterspizza.ca, check it out. Check out the menu, check out the locations, and check out our new segment sponsor for Ask the Idiots. Of course, you remember Ask the Idiots. Don't you? Of course you do. Busters Pizza loved it and they wanted it in. So I've got a bunch of questions for the boys here. We're doing a little rapid fire. I'm going to go around the horn with all of you. I'm going to ask my questions and then I'll just finish it off with an answer of my own. Let's get it going. Real quick, Tyler Remchuk. How many points does Leon Drysidel get this season?
0: Leon Dry settle quickly. What was he on? He was on pace for almost 100 last year. 135, I'll say.
4: That is a huge season for Leon. Zach Lang's eyebrows went way up. How many points for Leon <laughs> Dry settle?
3: Oh my lord, um, 136.
4: Woo! woo, woo. Yeah, Coolant right season,
3: maybe.
5: maybe. Uh, Rick, how many points for Leon? Are we keeping these in, and tagging them for later in the season?
0: Fuck it, why not?
5: Yeah, he was no? on pace for one.
0: 12- <laughs> okay, <laughs> then
3: if we're doing that, then I'm going to say seriously, one fifteen for for Leon.
0: He was on pace for one twenty three last year.
4: Okay, so I got one thirty five for Tyler. Right, I've got yeah. one fifteen for Zach Lang. Rick, what do you got, baby? Give me one. Give me one nineteen. One nineteen for Rick, and I'll finish this off by saying with just a measly one oh six.
5: Just a measly one oh six. My lord, why do you hate him so much?
4: Uh, I guess I do. Hey, hundred point season—you don't see those very often. But Leon's gonna crush one. All right. <laughs> who will be the third? In, who will be third in team scoring for the Edmonton Oilers this year? Who will be third in team scoring for the Edmonton Oilers this year? Zach Lang, you're up first. Nuge, keep Nuge forever, baby. I'm gonna agree with Zach. Nuge is third. Uh, Rick, third in team scoring.
5: I just uh, take a look over my right shoulder here. I've got the the number nine Carpot jersey. Uh, if you guys are taking nudes, I'm going to take that uh, the winger on that first line. Now I'm going yes, fully RV.
0: Tyler. I'm going to take the other winger on the first line and say one Zachary Hyman will finish third on the Edmonton Oilers in scoring.
4: That's a good bet as well. All right. Uh, we're working through ask the idiots here for Buster's pizza. How many games will Mike Smith play? We are back to an 82 game schedule here. Rick, you're up first. How many games for Mike Smith?
5: 65. I don't well, like the number, but that's the number. I don't like the number, but that's the number. Tyler?
0: Uh, he played 39 in 2019, 2032, but in a 56 I'll say 49.
3: Oh, exactly. I really hope so. I love seeing the smoke coming out of Tyler's ears. as He does mental math. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm going to go check math. But
0: it's not even me doing <laughs> mental math. It. I'm just filling time by shouting random numbers. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
0: gotta go with fifty-two for
4: Smith. I'll finish it off. Forty-eight games for Mike Smith. Outside of the oil derrick, which is now coming back and is going to be parked in Ford Hall, I believe. What other memorabilia, be it jerseys or pit- pictures or anything like that, would you like to see in Ford Hall, Tyler check.
0: It has to be in Ford Hall.
4: Yep, it's going to be in Ford Hall that you can enjoy as you walk into Rogers Place.
0: I want like a large booth, very, very big booth where you walk in and maybe there's like speakers all around you (laughs) and you take 20 steps and every step you take, you relive a different moment of the 06 cup run. I want an immersive experience of 06 to go with the oil, Derek.
4: That'd be really nice. Rick, what do you think?
5: What's Ford Hall missing? I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around what uh, what Tyler's talking about there. <laughs> I just
0: came up with that on the spot, too, but it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: So, he's going to have a new job come next week. OEG's picking yeah. him up. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to come from Rexall? Nope. You know what? I am going to take something from Rexall, and I don't know if it's really possible to do this, but somehow, because I think this would honestly... Take the 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 level the energy level there and take it up to the next spot. I want those beer lines brought across. Oh, okay. I don't know how you do it. I think you just you carefully un- unhook them from both ends, drag them out from underneath the ground, bring those beer lines over because we need some Rexall beers inside Roger Place, and we'll have uh, everyone. We'll be the talk of the town.
0: I thought I mean, you were going to say a way to transplant the three hundred section from Rexall I and somehow like about that, place that it be- somewhere. <laughs>
5: I thought that's what I was thinking about at first, but then it had to be in, in Ford hall. Right. And that if I was, I was a 300s guy, I don't want to be stuck in Ford hall for the game. Yeah. You can take that, put it in, you can take that, put it in there. I want the 300s back, but uh, yeah, instead of the 300s, give me the beer lines. Cause I could go for some, uh, some, some Rexall beers.
4: Well, half of downtown's already dug up right now anyway. So let's just throw those babies under them, them streets. Exactly. Uh, Zach Lang, what does Ford hall need?
3: It needs a virtual reality experience where you become Connor McDavid and yeah. you get to put on those VR goggles and all of a sudden you get to see what it's like being Connor McDavid as he skates 180 million miles an hour up the ice and scores a backhand goal on Jacob Markstrom.
4: What I'm going to say just to finish this off is that Joey Moss mural. We're cutting that off mm. and we're putting that. Oh, in that's Ford a good Hall. one. That's what we're doing. We're cutting it. And we're putting. That's where it belongs. Ford Hall. Uh, Carnival of
5: champions every game carnival of champions right in there with old Oilers
4: 100% bring back bring in the Elks too I want to throw a football through a tire all right (laughs) Uh, ask the idiots here for Buster's pizza which roster player is most likely to lose a job this season Tyler
0: Uh, does Devin Shore count as a roster player yep Yeah. Then I'll go with Devin shore. I think on that left side there, you could potentially have Holloway or Benson pushing for a spot. You have Derek Ryan and Ryan McLeod to play down the middle in the bottom six. So Devin shore is most, most likely to lose his spot on the team.
4: I'm just tagging. Also Devin shore was my answer. Uh, Rick, you're up, which roster player is likely to lose a job.
5: So I'm just going to assume that we're going to call him rostered and call. I'm going to go Kyle Terrace. He's going to lose his job again this year. I don't think he's going to keep it.
4: I don't disagree with that. Zach Lang,
3: you're up. Uh, yeah, that Kyle Turst one. That one's pretty obvious. Um, I think that's a good one. I don't know. I'm looking up and down the roster, and it's kind of difficult to look at all these fringe guys. I'm, I'm going to throw there's a, bit one, a there's bit of spicy one out there. Go with it. i, I, I got to throw a spicy one out there. i got to say Zach Cassian. I, 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 I really can see him being on the outside looking in at parts of this season. He had a really tough goal last year. And I don't necessarily think that the the team is as faithful in him as uh, they once were.
5: They were trying to move him already this summer. I think they're going to they keep, keep trying. In, and you yeah. know what? You could see Shore making it and Turris making it. And if they can get a deal for Cassie in the, in, in the preseason, he's good as gone, I think.
3: And I think I say that too, because a guy like Cassie is still fairly one-dimensional in the sense. Like, he doesn't kill penalties. He doesn't play on the power play. And he's been a very average five-on-five scorer for the better part of the last year and a half that he's played on the team. So, you know, he doesn't necessarily bring as much to the table in that sense uh, from an all around perspective as a
4: bottom six player. Does uh, we're doing it is for Buster's pizza. Does Jack Eichel leave Buffalo before training camp, Tyler?
0: No, I don't think they get a deal done. I think this is going to linger. I think the most likely situation here is that Buffalo finally lets him get the surgery. And the next time we see Jack Eichel play hockey is uh, for team USA at the Olympics.
5: Rick? Yeah, I'm kind of right, right around there. I don't see him getting moved. And it, yeah, it, he might get to play for USA. Otherwise, I think he gets the whole year off. Zach?
3: I'd just go against the grain and see that he gets traded uh, before the regular season. But he also does have to get that surgery still to fix up his neck. So I think that uh, at the very earliest, the Olympic Games is a, a, an optimistic timeline for when we see him play any type of hockey next.
4: Just to wrap this up, it's, I wrote about this on Random Thoughts a couple of weeks ago. All I want is Zach or uh, Jack to show up to Buffalo and have to do like the preseason press junket kind of run. That's, that's what I want. That's all I want. It reminds me of when, do you remember when Matt Duchesne wanted out of Colorado and when he showed up for like team photos, he looked like he was literally dead inside. That's what I'm hoping for.
5: Jack's even more prickly though. Michael's more prickly. Like, could you imagine those interviews? Yes.
4: Oh, it would be the best final question. Ask the idiots. Better album, certified lover boy or Donda? Tyler.
0: CLB till I die, man. I love Drizzy. It's all Drake.
5: Rick? I haven't got to either. Oh,
4: how dare oh, you? Blasphemy. Zach?
3: They both suck, but you know what? I hear Iron <laughs> Maiden put out a new album today, so yes, I'm going to listen to the new Iron Maiden <laughs> album this afternoon.
4: There you go. Ask the idiots. There you Where's go. your
0: answer? Well, yeah, what's your answer?
4: Oh, certified lover boy is just, just a yeah. smash. I, I love... I love See, Kanye, but like "Certified Lover Boy" is just—it wasn't weird.
5: So as Kanye, Kanye moved out of the as Kanye moved out of the stadium, then, yeah, I think out. so. I think so. Yeah,
3: I, I hear he ruined uh, my Chicago Bears' field at Soldier Field with his <laughs> live performance or something. I hear Probably, he ripped uh, up the grass there with it, and I'm not too happy about that because my boy Justin Fields—he's got some football to play this year
4: for nine in week years, three. For 90 years and four generations, <laughs> Cornerstone Insurance has Tyler. been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton with all the insurance products you could ever hope for, auto, residential, commercial, life insurance, whatever you need. And on the left-hand side of the screen on their website, you will see a button for citizens of the nation. Click that, get yourself a discount, make sure that you are properly covered for whatever is coming at you. Cornerstoneins.ca, Cornerstoneins.ca. Tyler, I'm going to turn this over to you for a second. And... The NHL released their vaccination policy this year or uh, this week. Let's run through that really quickly. What's going on? What's the details? Hit us.
0: Yeah, so uh, this comes from a blog via Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet.ca, and he sort of really nicely outlined what the protocols are going to be for the upcoming season. They've been agreed to by both the NHL and the PA. Um, unvaccinated players are going to be quote un once they are quote unable to participate in club activities. They can basically be suspended without pay. So if you miss a game due to COVID reasons and you're unvaccinated, you're losing out on money at that point. And that was really interesting. Um, you know, they added in there that there are exceptions unvaccinated status based upon medical reasons, a conflict with quote sincerely held religious beliefs, um, or on the basis of the balance of probabilities. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but it's in there. Um, but there are a couple of exceptions in there. But basically. If you're unvaccinated and you miss games due to COVID protocols, you're not getting your money. And uh, Friedman went on to rattle off a couple of other notable points of emphasis. Um, Players can opt out by October 1st. Um, Fully vaccinated players are subject to PCR testing at least every 72 hours. Whereas for unvaccinated players, they will be tested daily. And the one that's really interesting here, there are stiff rules for unvaccinated players on the road, they cannot enter quote internal venues other than the team hotel practice facility or game arena. They are not allowed to use the hotel gym pool sauna steam room or other shared facilities. They are not allowed to have teammates team staff or visitors inside their hotel room with visitors the ex- Eh. Yeah. Visitors. Hey, wink, wink. With the exception of fully vaccinated family members, um, they are not allowed to leave the hotel room to eat or purchase food or use any restaurants or bars in or out of the hotel that are open to the public. They can't pick up food except where the restaurant provides curbside pickup or a similar service, and it cannot require entrance into the main restaurant. So basically, if you are unvaccinated, you can lose pay and you're stuck in your hotel room on the road and you're not going anywhere.
4: So sounds like, uh, just get it. So, and sounds something like
0: well done NHL. Yep. Yeah. The NHL's not fucking around. They're basically saying, if you're going to put our business at risk and leave the risk of an outbreak possible, we're going to hit you hard. And something I found interesting, uh, this came from Michael Russo of the athletic. He reported that as of August 15th, he believed 80% of NHL players were vaccinated and since then, it's now up to 90%. So it sounds like, or sorry, uh, Russo says he's told it's estimated now that 95% of players are vaccinated. So it sounds like maybe some players might've caught wind of how tough these protocols are going to be and kind of just went, you know what? I should probably just suck it up. And I know we don't need to get into players, this all too much. How more.
5: many players, I wonder how many players were we getting at the end of last year, at the end of last season.
0: You'll
5: see, you'll see a lot, I bet you a, there's a large number of uh, players who would have got it um, right around playoff time or when they were in the, uh, in the old calendar year.
4: Well, I also look at that list of uh, restrictions that Tyler just said. And if I'm a guy in my early twenties and a multimillionaire and I'm not allowed to have visitors, you know, sometimes you have to have visitors, man.
5: <laughs> sometimes. Gets you have lonely that. on the road, man. It gets lonely on the road. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. We're not going to spend too much time on that, but uh, the NHL, like Tyler said, is not fucking around. Other Oilers news. Big news. Griffin Reinhardt signed with the Belfast Giants. <laughs> <laughs> come on. come on! The guy was a fourth overall pick, got traded for our first and the 16th to Edmonton, got claimed by Vegas in the expansion draft, and now he's playing in mm-hmm. the, for the Belfast Giants, where one coom, Cam Lewis did a couple of communications things for them while they were, well, he was over there in Ireland. So basically Cam and Reinhardt are coworkers. Not, in, not anymore. He's not in Ireland anymore. Yeah. He's in Toronto, but you know, almost
5: alumni members.
4: Yeah. They're both Belfast Giants alumni. Uh, lastly, before we move on here, Connor McDavid gave a quick interview about the upcoming season, a couple of quotes here. Uh, I'm going to start off with Zach Hyman because Tyler picked him to finish third in team scoring on Zach Hyman. Connor McDavid said Zach's game is all about hard work. And I think he has more skill than people give him credit for. Uh, If you listen to Caroline Schwed on this podcast, a couple of weeks ago, also a fan. He also a fantastic human being. I just gave away his three books today. I just gave away his three books. As soon as I'm done this podcast, I'm going to go deal with getting that prize. up. Great guy. Zach Hyman. Then McDavid continued. I've been skating with him a little bit, seeing how hard he works on the ice. It's contagious. I'm definitely excited about that addition. I'd certainly love to play with him and get that opportunity. You know what? I'm pretty sure if Connor wants to play with him, Connor will play with him. He's a guy that just makes everyone around him so much better. I think there's lots that he could do for my game, but I could also do a lot for his game as well. I'm starting to get excited about Zach Hyman. We're getting into full Kool-Aid season. I'm I'm watching highlights. Warren Fogle is going to be a bull in a China shop for this team. I'm looking forward to him. Zach Hyman is just relentless on the puck. I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what Jesse brings in his second year back with the Oilers because, yeah. you know, I think a lot of people had lower expectations for RV last year and he smashed them. I know I bet on him to get over eight and a half goals or something like that. And yeah. all I do is all I wished is that I bet like five times as much because it just seemed like a lock. Anyway, I'm looking forward to that. On the team itself, Connor said, I'm certainly excited to get back. Kenny Holland made a lot of moves and he's done his job. Now it's on the players and coaching staff to put the whole thing together and get us back into the playoffs. Once you're there, who knows what can happen? So there's little quotes from Connor McDavid. Looking forward to it. You guys getting excited? Or are you still kind of just enjoying what's left in the summer, Tyler?
0: I'm just... Reading getting through the preseason? Uh, no, I'm getting excited. Uh, I'm really excited for there to be hockey back and for there to be fans in Rogers Place. Hopefully, um, it's just it's just all going to be so good. And I mean, Connor McDavid, Leon saddle what they did last year. And I mean, let's put the playoffs aside. That regular season was so much fun to watch them yep. dominate the way they did. And and we're getting more of that. So how can you not love it? I, I'm all over this. I'm I'm super jazzed, and I'm excited for us to. You know, once camps sort of get going and we start hearing all the buzz about like, oh, Zach Cassie in best shape of his life, Kyle Turris has like worked on his face-offs and penalty killing. And like, you're going to hear all- Keith has
4: never been in better shape ever in the history of the world.
0: All that stuff, oh, right? Best like, shape season
3: is the best.
0: Yeah. We're going to get all that. <laughs> we're going to get to start to do like meaningful previews and talk about like meaningful line combinations. This this next month will be fun.
4: I'm looking forward uh, Zach, just real quick from a content perspective, you getting excited?
3: Oh yeah, I am. It's, uh, it's going to be a grind this year as always, but yeah, I'm definitely getting excited, you know, not only for the stuff that, you know, is happening uh, here at Oilers Nation, but across the network, all of our team sites have been doing tremendous stuff here recently. So I'm really excited to see, uh, see hockey back in action here
4: sooner rather than later. We're getting the Kool-Aid season. It goes down smooth, but you know, you add into some of that Kool-Aid maybe, maybe you're feeling frisky. You got a bottle of deuce vodka, pour a couple of shots of that in there. Mm, That'd be nice. If you go to deucevodka.com, there's a store locator on the right hand side of the screen. It's right beside Brett Kissel's handsome face. You click on that, baby, you'll find out everywhere in Alberta where you can buy deuce vodka provided you are of legal drinking age. And if you go say, if you're in Saskatchewan, go sales at deucevodka.com. They will let you know where you can get it. Again, that's sales at deucevodka.com. Check them out. Tyler, get your buttons ready. Okay. It's time for our Deuce Vodka hot and cold performers of the week. As we do, we start with our veggies. Rick, I'm starting with you, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week.
5: Well, it was nice to finally get to watch this on regular TV without having to use your, uh, your computer and stream it on somewhere. I'm <clears throat> um, speaking of uh, the Canadian soccer team last night, but the downside to this is the flopping in the game of soccer. I think I've, I've, I've taken some years to get used to soccer and I, I, and I can enjoy it and I like watching some of the the, the top-end matches, but when you watch teams and their players flop around like some of the guys on Honduras did last night, it really takes away from the game. It takes away from getting a lot of people on this side of the continent on board with, it, with the game because it, it just takes away from it. You don't want to watch that type of shit. So I'm going to call the uh, the flopping in stock because otherwise it's a fantastic sport and it's it's fun to watch.
4: That's a joke. That's an absolute joke is what it is. Mr. Zach Lang, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Uh,
3: my Cold Performer of the Week is the fall weather that had creeped into Edmonton over the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. It literally got cold, uh, dipped to a, a, de- a chilly four degrees last night. But you know what? Uh, it seems to be turning around. So that might be uh, a good part for another segment coming up here.
2: Oh, get
4: cold. Tyler Chuck, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week.
0: I don't get a hundred bucks for getting vaccinated, and that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, yes, I, I, here we are all dummies, all four of us got vaccinated too early. You know what? I'm just gonna tag on for to that. Free. My deuce vogue. Yeah, I just did it for free because it's the right thing to do. My deuce Deucevog perform of the week is you fucking morons that are protesting outside of hospitals and yelling at nurses and doctors. I'm not gonna go too far into it, but they are saving your lives. And they've been doing it this entire time. It's annoying. It's needless. And I hate all of you. Father, what do you do? They've been saving lives before the pandemic. No, of course, of course. But like, you know what <laughs> right? I mean? This yeah. just this whole thing is a mess. Uh, according to Courtney Terrio, it looks like 97% of Edmonton's ICU capacity is taken up. I hate this. I hate this. And then there's fucking protests outside of hospitals. I just don't understand it. All of you cold performing. the week. What the hell is going on? All right, let's get some positive energy going here to finish off the podcast. Deuce Vaca, Hot Performers of the Week. Rick, I'm starting with you. What do you got?
5: Well, after today's news, there's not much positivity out there for me personally, so I'm going to lean on the NHL here because this is something I would have liked to uh, seen some other leaders pull off and the, the type of leadership I'd like to see the NHL, I think with their COVID rules and how they're handling the vaxxed versus the non vaxxed and everything going forward. I think they're doing it right. I don't think it's something easy, but I think it's something that you need to do with a bit of an iron fist right now because there's some people out there just being stupid. And so I respect uh, fully the NHL for what they're doing, how they're handling it and how they're moving forward. Um, it's not easy. I know it's not easy, But they're they're doing the right thing for the right reasons, and uh, for that, they deserve the credit.
4: Put some respect on my name. Zach Lang, your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week.
3: Healthcare workers, always. We see you, we hear you, we feel you. Keep doing a great job.
4: Round of applause. The big guy is smoking hot. Tyler Ramchuk, Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week.
0: I was going to go with uh, the album from Drake, Certified Lover Boy, all hits, no skips, but we already talked about that. So I'm going to go with the fact it's fantasy football season. I had my first draft last night, and there's nothing better than the rush of a live fantasy football draft. So uh, without a doubt, I just love it right now. We're a couple, or what are we, 10 days away from football, less than that? It's just, it's fucking Six. awesome. Six days Six. away from football. I mean, come on.
1: Cash money.
0: Open those wallets. Let's go. Yes, sir. Buck spread, baby. Let's go.
4: We're getting into a really good sports time of year, and I love it. Uh, My Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is The Long Weekend. Love me a long weekend. And you know what? I read a study on Twitter or an article that was released on Twitter saying that eating a hot dog can remove up to 36 minutes of your life. Well... (laughs) Let me tell you, I got a fresh 12 pack for this weekend, and I'm going to knock seven off my life here right away. The long weekend. I <laughs> love you. I'm going out to Lake, won't touch my phone, and it is the best. Long weekend. I love you. Woo! I got it. Friday, baby.
5: Yeah, let's celebrate Friday. Woo!
4: <laughs> I got to say, it's a
3: real shame that sandwiches take minutes off your life like that.
0: Oh, a sad We're not doing that.
5: It, it hey, I will got to say, I will got to say, because of today's news, I kind of took me in a different direction otherwise these people deserve all the credit in the world for what they did but the Canadian women's national team yeah. winning the gold medal against the US last night two nights ago whenever the heck it was yeah. um what they did out there was fantastic and then uh, the was fun you too. hate to see it but you hate to see someone blow out their knee in the celebration but then she gets wheeled back out there on the on the old gurney and gets her gets her medal sitting on the blue line with everybody else i know she said she was embarrassed by the whole thing but man was it funny and it's going to be some Great stories and great pictures going forward. So those ladies deserve a lot of credit because that hockey was fantastic.
4: It was fun to watch. Can we get a bonus button for Rick there, Tyler?
0: Um, Pour it on!
4: There, go. <laughs> there
5: you go. Little we only pay for four a day, so.
4: Yeah, we only get access to four buttons per hot and cold. <laughs> All right. And now, you know what? I'm going to add, uh, Tyler, get a cold performer button ready here because I'm looking at Oilers Nation Radio, There are no new reviews. I've been asking for new reviews for the podcast. We haven't had anything since mid-August. We are now into September. I just want to know how we're doing. If you listen to this podcast, if you love this podcast, if you hate this podcast, if you hate the host of this podcast, I want to know. I will read it. It doesn't matter what you say. Maybe you just want to say something to participate in the podcast. I will read that as well. But right now, there were no new reviews. And for that, you get a bonus called Performer of the Week. I'm upset. Thank you. I am upset. Drake knows. Drake always knows. For myself, Tyler Remchuk, Rick, and Zach Lang, and all of our friends at Sherwood Ford, DoorDash, Buster's Pizza, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka, this is Oilers Nation Radio episode 156. Have a very happy and healthy and safe long weekend, everybody. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend. Enjoy
0: the weekend. Shout out Dan. Dan.
3: Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.